Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bevy. <gasps> new bevy. New bevy. And this week, you guys, we are talking about personality tests. Yes. And getting to know yourself because there are a lot of them out there. You've mm-hmm. probably taken most of the ones we're going to go through, but it's very hard to decipher what's what, what means what, how do you act on any of these things? Should you even know any of these things about yourself? So we're going to be going through the most popular types of personality tests, how to interpret your results, and how to use these tests to your advantage. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the episode, we're playing Would You Rather, which we haven't played in a while. In Someone a while. DM'd us, was like, can you please bring that back? And was like, we forgot we had that I one. forgot we even did that one because it also feels so similar to MFK. Yes. But you know what? Hey, anything that you guys ask, I don't know if you've noticed over the past three years, we do it. We will do it. (laughs) Including this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody (laughs) asked us about Enneagrams, and then we started looking into it, and we were like, we should just do personality tests. All the personality tests. All of the personality tests. And you guys know you could always write into the show with episode requests at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com or you can DM us at amidoingthisrightpod on Instagram. On Instagram. And Nat, what are we drinking? Well, let me pull out my ET bag. Oh. My magic ET bag. The infamous ET bag. Okay, let's see. Okay, so this one I got two different flavors because one of... They were the only two ones. And I was like, I'll like one more than the other, and you'll like one more than the other. Oh, okay. It's so, one watermelon. Yes. Okay, that's yours. So this is called Cali Water. And okay. mine's watermelon. Oh, this is Vanessa Hudgens brand. Oh, really? Yes. Is she on the bottle at all? Mm, I don't think so. No, this yours is-, is ginger lime. Oh, ginger lime is so me. Wait. I'm pretty sure Vanessa Hudgens— You know what I thought when I when I grabbed these— didn't we have to confis or didn't we have to like smuggle this to the Jonas Brothers' mom? Isn't- Sorry, Vanessa oh, Hutchins. Yeah, that is Vanessa Hutchins. I don't know what you're talking about smuggling it. To Remember, her. we had to go. We had to bring these to the Jonas Brothers' mom because she couldn't get them. Remember, it was oh, like yes, a whole thing. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Is that wasn't it? This? I I think it might have been something else. Oh. But something similar to something this. very similar to yeah. This. She like because mm-hmm. they they had moved mm-hmm. and we were in the same. And then we had to like smuggle her this because <laughs> she could, well not it's not smuggle but yeah she just couldn't get it where she was. But it was like a it was like a mission. Yeah no totally. Oh my gosh I love ginger lime. So this is cactus water, you guys. Oh, cactus water. Mine says it's um super hydration and rare antioxidants and skin benefits. Oh, mine has digestion benefits. Oh, Let's I probably should have got that one. But you know what? Here we are. All right. I do want to taste yours. I'm sorry. You can absolutely taste You can mine. taste mine too. I'd love to taste I'm just yours. like, you know. Can I push this down? You can. Okay. But I'm going to have to pull it back up. <laughs> I love it to hit the top of my lip. Ooh, I like that. Oh, wait. I shouldn't have said that. We'll talk about it at the end. We'll talk about it at the end, guys. <laughs> Stay on the edge of your seats. Who knows if we love these or hate these. You guys, my wig is wigging today. Oh, she, she's, she's got the wig. You guys, I've been waiting. You guys know I've been waiting months. Does she have a name? 
No, I was like, I do. I I kind of feel like she's like Samantha. Well, I was thinking she's old Corinne. It's yeah. giving sorority Corinne. Twenty. It's giving also Meghan Markle Corinne. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Meg is her name, Megan? Could be Megan. What's her name? <sighs> I'm loving it. I've never she's, worn a wig like this. Have you ever really worn a... Well, you had one, but you didn't have it installed. I never had. I was just like laying on top of my head, and it was just kind of floating there, and it looked terrible. I really loved it, though. Well, this is installed. This one's installed. This is giving scalp. It's legit. It's giving... Growing out of my head. I feel like her name is like, I don't know why Samantha just feels, because she feels sophisticated. She's sophisticated. She feels like, also, okay, so you can't see, but it's like a lob and it's straight, but it's got a wave. Yeah, we put those in. Yeah, yeah. It's got a, it's got like a curling iron wave. It's got some layers. It's very you in college. It's giving me in college. You know what my favorite hair like, well, I've loved a lot of your hairs, haircuts, but the one haircut that I remember in your straight hair phase. I had the, a short one. The t- super, super, super short. Yeah. I loved that one. Oh, really? And there's a picture of us in France, and you have that really, really short bob and a hat on. <laughs> Going like back I said, to the hats. Hat person. <laughs> it looked so cute with the hat. What hat? Pull it off. It was this real cute hat. I'll find it. Girls, what I'm saying, you start looking back at photos of me and I'm always in a hat. Always and in I'm a like, hat. And I'm like, I was a hat person. I just feel but like. But like, I kind of want to throw a hat on this. I'm like, this would look so cute in a little baseball cap at the airport. Ooh, ooh, I'm ooh. sorry. Look at how cute that little hat is. Oh, so yeah, that little hat. I wore that everywhere. So cute. And look at the hair. It looks like your hair right now, but shorter. Yeah. See? Anyways, Old Corinne. I just feel like we need to embrace the hat. The hat life. I'm coming to terms with it. I'm definitely potentially going to explore it in therapy and just really come to terms with the fact that I was a hat person. That is me. I just don't think there's anything wrong with that. Personally. I know. I know. But there comes with a certain type of stereotype that you have to kind of like. What's the stereotype with a hat? I don't know. I just feel like. You just feel like. I just. Maybe I have my own prejudices against hat people. I feel like there's something I'm, internal. That's what I'm saying. I really got it. It's a reflection of your self-hatred or something. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I really got to explore that in therapy. There's something deep there. Because the fact mm-hmm. that I can't make peace with this, it's keeping me up at night. How did you feel about Joe wearing a little hat when you guys went to? You guys went to this like. <laughs> a little hat. It was a little hat. Because I've seen Joe in a baseball hat. Yeah. Joe's a hat person. Joe's a hat person, but a baseball hat. Yeah. But this was a hat. This was a hat hat. Well, we were at, we hat. went to a 1920s murder mystery party, and so Joe wore like a like a newsies hat. Yeah. How I, did you feel? I loved his newsie hat. I was not triggered. Others can wear hats. Yeah. Me wearing hats, it's just disorienting. Okay. It's like realizing like you thought your eyes were brown your entire life, and then you look at pictures, and there were always green. And you're like, what the fuck? It's just like, you have to really just, it's a new level of identity. Yeah. I'm looking back and there's just I'm trying to think albums of me, to me in a hat. And I can't say it's ever happened to me, but I can sympathize or empathize, which is the one where you can sympathize. I can, sympathize. I can see how that could be tough. <laughs> <laughs> going through it, you guys. That's all I can say. I'm going Hi. through it. Another week we're talking about it, so... <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, loving the wig. Highly recommend a wig. Yes. Change your look up. 
I can I cut it. this thing. Get that lob. Get I that know. Bob you right could get back. the bob right back. And then hit or, him with the Haley Bieber. You could even get another wig that's super, super short and keep that one just like that. You could get a collection going. That's what I'm saying. And now that I have, the, like, I could, tomorrow I could have a Haley Bieber bob. Then the next day I could have curly hair. What? That's an identity. That's like you could shift your whole identity every single day. I love that for me. I think that's so fun. I love people's wig collections. Well, now, oh my God, this morning, this morning, Joe was um in his like office room thing and like working and I brought out my wigs but and I came in the room and I walked in with them like in On front of heads. me and, and he went, ah, ah, <laughs> oh shit, fuck. What the fuck is that? I was like, it's my wigs, Joe. Which one are we choosing today? And he was like, oh my God, I don't know. I just, at the corner of my eye, I saw these two beings, like, just like low, like, <laughs> it was like kind of dark in the room that he was in. And I, he literally was like, ah! <laughs> I was so unfazed though. I was like, what, Joe? It's my wigs. Which one am I picking today? And he was like, oh my God. Like, I'm sorry. I'm oh trying to God, process what so just came funny. in the room. Like, I'm trying to process that. Yeah, so it is. Oh my god! I think so it's funny. alarming. He's just getting used to the new lifestyle, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Well, he's gonna have to get used to. You know, you're gonna have to start displaying them, the little heads. Yeah. You know, I just shouldn't move through the apartment <laughs> yeah, like maybe. like they're like candelabras. Like first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the candelabra in the haunted mansion that's like floating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that, that's god. what it was giving, and I don't blame him for screaming <sighs> like that. I don't at all. Funny. Okay, sorry. Let's. Uh, Enough wig hat talk. Let's get into personality tests. Let's and do it. this was written in by a listener. Now, do you want to read their message to us? I sure will. It says, ladies. <laughs> I have <laughs> ladies. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> I have listened to all the episodes and I'm going back through listening to some of them again. Sometimes need to listen again. You can get something different out of it every time. Thank you so much. I want to. I need to go back and listen to some of ours. I there's no way I can. I'm a one and done. I listen to them and then I'm like, cool, because I lived it. I was wondering if y'all could get someone on to talk about the Enneagram. I have found significant value in learning about that. It's helped me interact with myself, my loved ones, and my coworkers so much better over the last couple of years since I originally learned about it. It helps us make sense of why we do the things we do or don't do. I think it would bring a lot of value to this community. Thank you for your consideration. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hate to disappoint you, but we did not get somebody on. That somebody to talk about them is us. <laughs> but what happened was we started, because we had heard of Enneagrams. Yeah. And so we started to like research it and stuff. And then we realized that there, I feel like there's Enneagrams, but then there's a lot of different ones. And it was like kind of hard to decipher which tests would resonate with you. Right. So then we were like, well, let's do like all the major ones. Right. And then include Enneagram as well. So yeah. that's what this is today. It is. But let's get into some facts about personality tests. So the use of personality tests to identify character traits and predict human behaviors has grown exponentially since the early 1900s. The first mainstream test was probably the Warsh... The Rorschach. Rorschach. Gosh, you're so good at that test. Created by Swiss psychologist Hermann Rorschach. Mm -hmm. My God, in 1921. And it's based on how a user identifies a series of ink blots. Yeah, it's like that one the where— ink blot test. It's the ink blot test. Yeah. I thought that was only for, like, 
people in, like, mental hospitals. Do they do them in mental hospitals? Maybe. Oh. Wow. I don't know. So that was the OG personality test. maybe because it's like maybe if you do the little ink blot and then it's like somebody says, oh, I see, like, two people holding hands. And somebody in that's like a serial killer is like, I see somebody getting their head chopped off. Yeah. And you would think, hmm, something's different about this person. You're like, write that down, (laughs) writing that down. Mm -hmm. Well, today more than 2 million people take the MBTI, which we're going to get into the Myers-Briggs test every year, including 60 to 70% of American prospective workers. And studies have found that more than half the people who retake the test get a different result the second time. So that goes into some of the things we're going to get into about these personality tests. Yes. Well, they are systematic assessments that aim to measure various aspects of someone's personalities and behaviors, such as interpersonal skills, values, temperament, introversion and extroversion, what drives them to succeed, and more. While their popularity has been increasing, particularly the use of business personality tests, this type of assessment has been around for decades. And it was first used by the U.S. Army during World War I to try to predict which soldiers soldiers would suffer from, quote-unquote, shell shock. Um, personality testing today is roughly a $500 million industry with an annual growth rate of an estimated 10 to 15 percent. Yeah. Do, do you think they include, um, with the growth rate, do you think they're including, like, BuzzFeed? No. No, because these are, like, the ones you purchase. Like, a lot of these, you need, like, an actual practitioner. You can do it online. Yeah. But really, you're supposed to do it with a practitioner, and then they actually, like, you pay for it. It's a whole thing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But let's go through the most popular personality tests. I'm sure you guys have heard of some of these, like the Myers-Briggs type indicator test. There's also the Big Five personality test, which I hadn't really heard of it. It's huge. Yeah. The Enneagram, like our listener requested. And then there's also something called the DISC assessment, which if you're in a working or like a corporate environment, you might have done that one as well. But let's get into the big five, which is what me and Natalie were less familiar familiar with. with. Yeah. So the big five personality test is the most scientifically validated and reliable psychological model to measure personality. The assessment measures your scores on five major dimensions of personality, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Sometimes it's abbreviated as OCEAN. I saw it abbreviated as something else too, but I can't remember. But it's like you know, another word. Yeah. So this method uses your response to about 50 short statements or phrases. You'll be asked to agree or disagree on a scale of one to five to each phrase. And then based on your answers, your results will show where you fall on the spectrum for each trait. Okay. So let's discuss the traits themselves. Yes. Okay. So O and ocean is for openness. And this describes a person's tendency to think in abstract, complex ways. High scores tend to be creative, adventurous, and intellectual. They enjoy playing with ideas and discovering novel experiences. Low scores tend to be practical, conventional, and focused on the concrete. They tend to avoid the unknown and follow traditional ways. Should we say now what we scored on these here or later? Hmm. <laughs> I feel Maybe like at, at the end. You want to do it at the end? Well, because then they'll they'll know what everything means. Oh, you mean e- oh, individually? Oh, is like. Oh, I see. Individually. Yes. What we scored. Okay. So, like, 
for openness, mm-hmm. not. I scored 98%. Oh my God. So she's high scores. You're a creative, adventurous, intellectual. I scored an 81%, which is also high. So I'm in yeah. that, I'm in that realm, but I'm a little bit more practical than you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That does me. make sense. <laughs> but like I'm, but I lean a hundred times more like open than practical and like conventional. Right. Well, it also will make more sense once we describe the next one, which is conscientiousness, which describes a person's ability to exercise self-discipline and control in order to pursue their goals. So high scorers are organized and determined and are able to forego immediate gratification for the sake of long-term achievement. Low scorers are impulsive and easily sidetracked. So you can guess where I was at on that one. Natalie scored a 29% on that. I got a full 29%. (laughs) Not terrible, not a zero. (sighs) Nobody can score a zero. They could, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yes, you you are a low scorer. I'm a low scorer. You're easily sidetracked, and I'm 60%. So I'm like right in the middle, maybe a little bit above normal, which— You're organized. You've got—you have a linear thought, which I do not possess, unless medicated. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into the next one, which is extroversion, which describes a person's inclination to seek stimulation from the outside world, especially in the form of attention from other people. Extroverts engage actively with others to earn friendship, admiration, power, status, excitement, and romance. Introverts, on the other hand, conserve their energy and do not work as hard to earn these social rewards. We're pretty much exactly at the same thing, but again, Mm -hmm. not surprised, Natalie is slightly more extroverted than me. 58% and Corinne was 52%. So I wonder if I'm, one thing I want to know is like, is the 50 line, does that mean I lean technically 2% more extroverted than introverted? I couldn't tell you. Right. Okay. I really couldn't tell you. I I can't totally get that. The A in ocean is for agreeableness. This describes a person's tendency to put others' needs ahead of their own and to cooperate rather than compete with others. People who are high in agreeableness experience a great deal of empathy and tend to get pleasure out of serving and taking care of others. They are usually trusting and forgiving. People who are low in agreeableness tend to experience less empathy and put their own concerns ahead of others. So I was 85%. You were 83%. It's about the same. About the same. Yeah. I would think. And you know what I think that 15% is? Boundaries. Ah. I think it's like if we're 100% agreeable, like you you never stand up for yourself. So I do right. think like a, a healthy mid-80s. Yeah. I love that for us. Right. I think, yeah, if you were to have a 100%, I'd be like, that's a little concerning. Do yeah. you know who you are? Right. You, yeah. I like I think we like I love a healthy mid 80s for That's us. That's a good thing for us. I think so. I think so. Now the next one I was not surprised where I scored on this. Uh neuroticism. It describes a person's tendency to experience negative emotions including fear, sadness, anxiety, guilt, shame. While everyone experiences these emotions from time to time, some people are more prone to them than others. High neuroticism scores are more likely to react to a situation with fear, anger, sadness, and the like. Low neuroticism scores are more likely to brush off their misfortune and move on. And I scored 58%. You know. A 58. A 58. Crazy terrible. high, but that's because I'm in therapy. Right, right. I scored a 42%. That's not bad. That's not great. bad. But I do think that I, while I am a very anxious person and I like to catastrophize. You're not neurotic. 
I brush off too much misfortune. You do. You I really will move along <laughs> from a misfortune quick. Yeah. Where I, I definitely ruminate. Yeah. I'll, I'll laugh about it. I think I've, t- maybe I, did I talk about this on the podcast where my, my therapist was like kind of mildly concerned that I can move on too quickly? <laughs> that I think things are too funny when they're really actually not. Yeah, you do You do truly laugh through the pain. I re- but I genuinely find it funny. So that's why I'm not concerned about me. No, 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 no. It's not a coping thing. It's like I actually think it's funny. We'll explore it <laughs> further in therapy. Um, okay, so that's a big five, you guys. And while continuously studied and scientifically backed, the most common critique of the big five model is that its limited scope cannot possibly explain individual variations from personality to personality and that it neglects a number of other domains in personalities such as conservativeness, religiosity, humor— that are harder mm-hmm. to observe. This, That's true. This test is more of a general personality test than some others like the Myers-Briggs test. Which we're going to get into right mm-hmm. after our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Right now. We don't have one. <laughs> okay. Myers-Briggs indicator test. The MBIT. So this was developed by Catherine Briggs, who began her research into personality in 1917 as a means to understand what she saw as an unlikely attraction between her cherished daughter, Isabel, and fiancé, Clarence Myers. Now, when I first read this, I thought, her daughter's with her man? But no, it's like just between her daughter and her daughter's man. Right. Yes. I was also confused it, by that. It, yeah. Um, but over 20 years, the mother-daughter team worked to develop the Myers-Briggs type indicator, drawing heavily on the work of Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. Since the 1960s, some 50 million people have taken the test, making it by far the most popular personality test assessment ever created. Wow. The MBTI holds that people have preferred modes of perception, so sensing or intuition and judgment, thinking or feeling, as well as attitudes about how they build energy, extroversion or introversion, and their orientation to the outer world, judging or perceiving. These preferences combined to form 16 personality types. And so when you complete the Myers-Briggs test, you'll be given the personality type in the form of a four, four letters. So for example, like I'm an INFP, you might hear like ESTJ, which means like you're an extrovert who likes to focus on information you take in and use it logically, and you like things to be decided or cut and dry. And if you want to take the test yourself, you can go to 16personalities.com and it goes through your strengths, your weaknesses, romantic relationships, friendships, career paths. Like it gives you a lot of great insight into like whatever your unique little combo is. Yeah. I love that website and I've taken it multiple times. I get the same one. I get the same one every single time. I'm always INFP. I'm always INFJ and it also gives you a little like character. Character. Oh, I'm the the healer. That makes sense. Mine was, I can't remember. Mine looks like a little wizard. Oh, okay. Mine is like this little woman and like a like a flower, flower crown. crown. And she's like, ah. Like, yeah, mine's mine's a little wizard, but wait, I forget. Okay, let me type it in. Hold on. Yeah, INFJ, INF- 16 personalities. INFJ. Personality, here it is. 
Look, you're, oh no, you're the advocate. The advocate. Yes, but you do look like a little wizard. It looks like a little wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, your quote is, treat people as if they were what they ought to be and you help them to become what they are capable of being. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what that means. What? That was a, a big word salad. <laughs> I know. I'm like, huh? Uh, okay, wait. What's your tagline? I'm going to do it. I'll show you mine. Oh, I'm the mediator. Oh, definite. I can see that little picture with the little flower crown. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. What What the the fuck fuck? are they talking? Okay, so when you go on this website, (laughs) just ignore whatever that is. Because the rest of the information is fantastic. No, it (laughs) is. No, it says, yeah, no, don't worry about that. So, like it says, creative and imaginative. They happily lose themselves in daydreams or whatever. They're they're known for their sensitivity. Yeah. yeah I when I read mine, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly. Wait, I'm going to go back to yours. Me. Hold on. Um, yours is, I'll just read from your. INFJ. Wait, you're the rarest personality type of all. I am? Idealistic and principled, they aren't content to coast through life. They want to stand up and make a difference. Um, success doesn't come from money or status, but from seeking fulfillment, helping others, and being a force for good in the world. I feel like I'm. this sounds like me too. I know. Um, conscientious to the core, they move through life with a clear sense of their values, and they aim never to lose sight of what truly matters. That's true. Someone who's introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Are you INFJ? I'm INFJ. Okay. Their inner vision, personal values, and a quiet, principled version of humanism guide them in all things. It's a little wordy. I hate, yeah. We, me and Natalie have talked extensively about this. Yeah. Where people say things and you're like, can you say it normally? Can you just say that in a normal—just just say what you mean. You know what I mean? Don't hit me with the word salad. <laughs> it's it, it Hit can, me with the word smoothie. Yes. <laughs> I just uh, want to digest it quickly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so let's move on to Enneagrams, which is why we are doing this episode. Yes. So the Enneagram is simply a map for self-discovery and personal growth based on nine basic personality types. The Enneagram accurately and clearly describes why you think— feel, and behave in particular ways based upon your core fears and core desire. So the nine personality types are type one, the reformer, perfectionist, responsible, fixated on improvement. Okay, I could see me being that. Mm -hmm. Two, the helper, helpers who need to be needed. I could see me also being that. Type three, the achiever, focused on the presentation of success to attain validation. Type four, the individualist, identity seekers who feel unique and different. Type five, thinkers who tend to withdraw and observe. Type six, the loyalist, conflicted between trust and distrust. Type seven, the enthusiast, pleasure seekers and planners in search of distraction. Type eight, the challenger, which is taking charge because they don't want to be controlled. And type nine is the peacekeeper, keeping peace and harmony. Okay, and so actually what's interesting is the rarest Enneagram type is type 5. So that's thinkers who tend to withdraw and observe. Mm -hmm. And statistically, the most successful Enneagram is type 9, the the peacekeeper. So once you find out your dominant type, then you can find out your more specific combination with your wings. So the Enneagram wings are the two numbers on either side of one type. So like, for example, if you find out you're a type 4, 
You could also have a wing of type 3 or type 5 because they're on either side of that type. And many people will display a unique combination of their dominant type with aspects of one of the wings more so than the other. So if you identify as a type 1, your wings could be 9 or 2, and you could be like a 1 wing 9. So like the performer with a little bit of the peacekeeper, or it could be a one wing two, so a reformer with a little bit of the helper. And that really influences the way that you view the world and extrovert your energy. And though the Enneagram integrates some concepts that parallel the theories of personality, it has been dismissed by personality assessment experts as pseudoscience and does not have scientific backing or studies behind it. So obviously take everything with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Whatever works for you works for you. But I think we just wanted to to make sure you guys know we always love science We love a science. We love a science woman. And Natalie took the Enneagram test. I did. And she got? I got. Did you get any wings? I don't, I don't know. Can you pull I, that up? Yeah. So mine, okay. So Corinne, when she, when we were doing this, she said, oh, I think you're, didn't you think I was five? I thought you were type four, the individualist, identity seekers who feel unique and different. With a wing of five. You could be a wing of five, a thinker who tends to withdraw, or a wing of three, the achiever. I don't see myself as a three. I don't, I thought maybe you were a four wing five. five. That would make more sense. I got type seven, pleasure seekers and planners in search of distraction. Let me tell you something. Me, a planner, searching distraction? You're no. also not really a pleasure seeker. No. You're not like a thrill. You're not like looking for a thrill. No, I'm not. And like I, Joe is a pleasure seeker and planner. And a planner. Is he in search of distraction? Sure. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm not in search I of it. See I him wish I was a seven less wing six with the loyalist. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Or the challenger, one of the two. But, but like, I, I don't know. I find from looking at this, whereas like I feel like I'm a two wing one. Uh huh. I or can see that. One wing nine or two. <sighs> yeah. But I wonder if you took it what what you would get. I got I I got uh two wing one. Okay. I feel like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mine. Okay, but it also kind of gave me, like, it says sort of that I'm basically equally everything except for six and one. But let me see. Is this just a screenshot? It's just a screenshot because oh. I had to pay for the whole thing, and I thought I'm not doing that. Sevens are defined by their desire to experience everything good and pleasurable that the world has to offer. Mm, I don't, I don't feel like that's me. No. I um, mean, you're, like, happy-go-lucky. Yeah, but I, I don't feel like I'm— Oh, because, yeah, the whole thing about seeking distraction is to avoid pain, boredom, and limitations. That's I Joe. I don't. Totally. Yeah, I don't do that. I would just love right now, really quickly, to give a wig update. <gasps> Very us. tight. Headache? Starting to feel disoriented. <gasps> is it uh, giving you a headache? Or mm -hmm. what's the... Mm-hmm. Mm. It's giving me a headache. I feel like I can loosen the band in the back a little bit uh -huh. to give a little bit of breathing room. It's hot out. Like, I'm like, I wonder if my head's swelling. Could be. Do you think you're dehydrated? Maybe you should chug more of your of your hyd hydrating beverage. I also just got braids. Sometimes when you get your hair braided, oh, you're like— Oh, yeah. That's tight. Yeah. Toy. Anyway, it's just, just a little mid-episode check-in on the way. I'm glad we got it. Starting to hurt. I'm glad we got the update. Okay, and so the last 
personality test that we're going to go through is the DISC assessment, which if, again, if you're in a corporate environment, you might have already done this, but it's also really good to know in a workplace kind of setting. So the DISC assessment is a behavioral assessment that businesses and other organizations sometimes use to determine employees and managers' leadership strengths and weaknesses. It aims to provide more self-awareness and insight, potentially improving operations and teamwork. DISC stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness, and Conscientiousness. When looking at a DISC profile, both the S and the C personality styles fall to the more introverted side of the DISC spectrum, while D and I personality styles are considered to be more classically extroverted. So whenever you come across DISC, you'll often see that like the four personalities are represented through colors. A lot of the times this happened with my ex where his company did it and then everybody at their little cubicle would have their color on their desk. So you would know who they were and how they interacted. And then they taught everyone like, oh, this type of person like communicates like this. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you know, one of those like team building things, whatever. But let's go through the colors. So while there's some variation between different DISC assessments, one version is pretty common. Dominance is bright red, fiery. Influence is warm, yellow, sunshine. Steadiness is like an earthy, calming green. And then compliance or conscientiousness is this cool kind of icy blue. So we're going to go through each one. So let's start with red. Yeah, red, again, dominance. People with this personality tend to be ambitious self-starters who love working independently and being free to take risks to achieve their goals. Yellow is influence. People with the influence personality type are enthusiastic, warm, and people-oriented. I styles are often the people who get to know others easily and enjoy working together in teams or being the center of attention. And then green, which is the steady. steady. They are dependable and hardworking. People with the steadiness profile are at their best when they are quietly working in a team in a harmonious work environment. S styles are great listeners who are easy to get along with, even if they may sometimes seem reserved or cautious at first. I think I'm green. I feel like I would be steady. Yeah. I'm curious. Well, let, well, let me well, see. Let's see. Yeah, what's blue? We also have blue, conscientious. The final personality profile is compliance, which some places also refer to as conscientiousness. People with this style of personality are analytical and cautious, approaching problems methodically by asking a lot of questions and doing extensive research. Hmm. Could be that too. But I probably steady. I feel like I would be. Maybe I'd be red. I think or green. you would be yellow. Really? Mm-hmm. But I don't like working in teams, and I don't like being the center of attention. I want to work by myself. I want to just quietly keep my head down and get my shit done. Mm. I do think I'm enthusiastic and warm. Mm-hmm. But I... Maybe you would be dominance. Maybe be orange. <laughs> I could be orange. No. Hey, maybe maybe we need to redo this. Add, add new colors. Exactly. We could get a purple in there. We could get an aqua in there. Hey. Whatever you want. 
The foundation for the DISC model comes from the work of a Harvard psychologist named Dr. William Moulton Marston in the 1920s. He developed a theory that people tend to develop a self-concept based on one of four factors. Again, dominance, influence, steadiness, or compliance, a.k.a. conscientiousness. Marston's theories form the basis on which DISC assessments and reports are built. However, beyond its initial conception, the scientific backing is hotly contested. Some saying it is scientifically backed and others saying it's pseudoscience. With that being said, we couldn't find any published or peer-reviewed studies pointing to its validity. So again, you guys. Whereas the big five, so many studies. And Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, it's everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. So, okay, so how can we use this information from these personality tests to our advantage? Like, how can we actually integrate them? Mm-hmm. Well, according to Tony Robbins, personality tests can boost confidence because they are designed to reveal your strengths. So you can leverage them to transform your life. When you know what your talents are, you're able to lean into them as a tool for getting what you want. It's equally important to understand your weaknesses, but not necessarily so that you can fix them. The most effective personal development strategy is to view your weaknesses as strengths. Mm. With the help of a personality inventory, you're able to frame your weaknesses within the greater context of your strengths. What is the purpose of a personality test in the realm of self-esteem? Self-awareness is often clouded by subconscious influences like upbringings or beliefs. Personality inventories are subjective, so they're able to identify your personality traits without any baggage. And if you need a self-esteem boost, take a little personality test learn something great about yourself that you never realized before. Yeah. You know what I was thinking when you were saying that? Although I know my Myers-Briggs, I really don't use it to, I, I just read it and I'm like, and but sometimes I just, also I think like the it's just like it's nice to feel seen. Yes, because I know the first time I ever did it, there was like some section about it where when I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is like exactly how I feel. And I didn't think that anybody else felt like that. Yeah. So yeah. You're I, not alone, guys. There's only 16 no. personalities. <laughs> There's only 16 of us, really. <laughs> and it really gets down to it. No original thought. Well, you guys, we hope you learn more about some of the different personality tests, their benefits and limitations, and maybe a little bit more about yourself if you take any of them. And let us know if you have taken, if you've taken the disc, what color are you? Oh, yeah. Let us know. Like, DM us your personality, like, trait. Yeah. Or types. Yeah, I would love to know. We would love, I would love to know what, like, the majority of you guys are. Same. Same. INFPs. Enneagrams. Yeah. Your disc color. Your disc. Maybe there's like a big Your big five. Yeah. I kind of want to take the big five one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very curious. Okay, guys. So let's circle back on the... I downed my Cali water. I... This is so good. Downed it. I see why we, we had to, to sneak it across the border. Oh, yeah. It's gone. <laughs> to Mrs. Jonas. Because mm-hmm. I would be pounding these all day. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm finished. I'm finished with it. I actually really kind of wish I got that one. I that ginger lime, good. I love ginger. Great ingredients. Okay, so you want to introduce our hotties and Yacheza? Oh yeah, our hottie is Amanda. Okay, here's the thing. Seyfried, 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 Seyfried. But then I saw her do the Architectural Digest mm-hmm. tour, and I feel like she said something else, and I thought Seyfried. I think she said Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? I think she said Seyfried. 
Hey, I always said Seyfried. I always said Seyfried. But anyways, you know her. <laughs> you love her. <laughs> <laughs> we chose her because, you know, with all these psychologists, you know, we got Carl Jung. We got some all, the, all these psychologists doing these tests. We were thinking, who played a psychologist recently? Amanda. She did. She did. In On the... Crowded room. The crowded room. The crowded room. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really liked that show. We did like that show. I liked that show. So yeah, one to ten or one to Amanda. Amanda. I'm going Amanda. Let's give it an Amanda. I'm definitely gonna get this again. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap up game, and this week it's Who'd You Rather? The return of Who'd You Rather. The return of Who'd You Rather. Okay, wait, can you give me two seconds? Yep. I'm having ChatGPT write mine. Oh, okay. Corinne's very into ChatGPT. I'm obsessed with it. I did have it help me the other day because I'm making a new perfume. And there was all these percentages of shit that I needed. I just, I inputted a bunch of lists and I was like, can you please just break these into percentages for me? Did it in like two seconds. See? Although it did do the math wrong first. And then I said, um, that's not right. And then they said, oh my God, thank you so much for correcting me, ma'am. This is accurate. And I said, thanks. I wrote, I'm playing Who'd You Rather with my millennial best friend who loves music, movie references, and witty humor. <gasps> wow. It gave me 12. Oh my God. So I'm ready when you're ready. <gasps> okay. I'm ready. I'm just going to go with the first one. Okay. Would you rather? No, oh, just, who'd you rather? Oh, these are all would you rathers. Yeah, who'd you rather? Okay, sorry. Let me let me just tell it really okay. quick. Okay, okay. We're playing who'd you rather. So It's the Mary fuck kill without the kill. So it's just between two people. Please give me yours while ChatGBT does that. Okay, okay. I said I misunderstood earlier and I apologize. Yeah, it always says like, you know what? I'm so sorry, queen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for you, mine is, who'd you rather, Harry Potter villains? Mm. Voldemort mm. or Peter Pettigrew? Which one's Peter Pettigrew? That the little rat looking guy. Okay, you said Voldemort? Yeah. Voldemort. Yeah. You know, My thing is Voldemort's giving... Kendall, I feel like we're going to pull back and there's nothing there. It's a smooth, there's no, <laughs> yes. there's no genitalia. That's true. I do also. that it, It's totally giving Kendall. It is totally giving Kendall. So I don't really know what would be going on. Right. Because I do not think there's anything there. I agree. There can't be. I agree. Also, I don't know. Voldemort, He's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. I mean, kind of. When like, we say, it's like, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like he kind you know, he's got. Bad boy energy. He's got bad boy energy. And you really, know? I don't know what we could really do. I mean, he'd probably make you go evil. Um, she a demon lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I would choose the same. Yeah. Peter Pettigrew. Mm-mm. Okay, the, this is kind of... I'm going to ask you a few of these. All right. Um, Because it's giving me, based on that you like music movie res- references and woody humor okay. these aren't like who'd you rather be with but whatever oh this is very uh, this, well, is in- this is easy well what is we're it? gonna do a few of them who'd you rather be stuck on a deserted island with oh okay. jennifer lawrence or emma stone oh hmm hmm i don't like to pin queens against each other I'm so sorry. Let me do Are there any with men mm-hmm. i don't mind pinning men who'd you rather have a <laughs> dance battle against justin timberlake or usher Oh, oof, damn. I guess, you know, 
if I were to have a dance battle against Usher, I, there's just no way. So I think I would have to. <laughs> you're even in the situation where you're having a, a dance, dance battle. battle. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to say Justin Timberlake. Okay. I just asked it to do um, more romantic themes. Oh, ones. okay. That's good. So um, I have like, and this is very easy. Who'd you rather read you love poems at oh. sunset, Timothy Chalamet or Henry Cavill? Oh, <laughs> Timothy Shaglaboo, please. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Who'd you rather hold hands while walking on the beach with? Oh. Harry Styles or Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Um, who'd you rather have a notebook style love story with? Oh, lifelong. <laughs> Forbidden. Jake Gyllenhaal or Ryan Go- uh, Ryan <gasps> Reynolds. Damn it. Reynolds, I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm going to go Ryan Reynolds. Okay. These are so, these are fun. I just said like romantic themed and it's like, it's, <laughs> it's all the same. Weird. It's like, who would you rather slow dance with under the stars? Oh, who would I rather slow dance with under the stars? Zac Efron or Chris Evans. Oh, Chris <laughs> Evans, original baby daddy. Oh, I'm very curious about this one. Okay. Who would you rather take you on a romantic getaway to Paris? Oh, Robert Pattinson or Tom Hardy? Oh, Tom Hardy. Ooh. Tom Hardy? So fine. Who would you rather share a gondola ride in Venice with? Oh. Bradley Cooper or Jason Momoa? Oh, my God. Jason Momoa. Oh, you know, that bitch would sink. It would sink. <laughs> There's no way Jason Momoa is getting in a little tiny boat. Um, This is so funny. Anyways, hit me with one more. Okay, Give me one more. Oh, one more. Oh, this is interesting. Who do you rather write you a love song, John Legend or Sean Mendes? Oh, I guess John Legend. Mm. Mm. I just think lyrically it might be mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Okay, the only other one I'm like, well, I don't know what you would say. Who'd you rather surprise you with a serenade, Justin <sighs> Bieber or Bruno Mars? Oh, ugh. Hmm, it's kind of my worst nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to be serenaded. Mm, perhaps, you know what it's giving? It's giving the Ken dolls singing Matchbox 20. Mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun! Thank you, ChatGPT. Hey, thanks, ChatGPT. For How sponsoring fun. this game. <laughs> yes. You guys, if you like this episode, there are similar episodes like episode 74, introversion versus extroversion. You have to learn more about that type of like energy style. Also episode 100, how to be your best self. And we will be back next week with another episode. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you.